Well, if it was easy, everybody would do it, right? Something like that. Welcome home. Thank you. You're welcome. It was what felt like forever. Yes. Absolutely. Literally. I missed your fucking face. I'm so happy you're back. (laughs) (laughs) It was good. I mean, it was a lot of long days. There were a lot of long days and a lot of time on the road. Like, So we would wake up. For for those of you who don't know, um, I was just working with, with John Berriman on his Christmas tour over in the UK. And we... There were some days that we would wake up, drive three and a half hours to the venue, get to the venue, sound check, do the concert. The moment the concert's over, we get back in the car and drive back three wow. and a half hours. Um, so it was cool. Like, um, I got to see a lot of the countryside. Yeah, it sounds like through it. The, like from the driving, but I only really got to explore because since our home base was London, which we've been to so many times. Mm-hmm. some of the other places that i got to explore i said i kind of felt like it was a convention like i only had late night to right. go like walk around and explore yeah um and but you it, were in the ven- venue any other time yeah absolutely yeah. but it was really good it was a lot of fun i learned a lot a lot a lot a lot did you and uh yeah it was just good but three the weeks theaters is... looked amazing and they all looked totally haunted well the so the one um the hammersmith apollo theater in london was incredible and had to be haunted i think i did a story on it once like when i did like the most haunted theaters oh in the world i think i'm pretty sure it was on there i don't know it's hard to keep track of all the stuff and all the things so anything spooky going on in the uk no you know we stayed we stayed at a hotel once and i almost like went down and asked them did anything crazy happen here because you know how you just get vibes sometimes? Oh, yeah. There was one night that I woke up, and it was probably just dreaming, but I, like, felt uh, in my dream I woke up like something was, like, pressing on the mattress, you know? like Oh, yeah. And so I, like, jolted up, and I was like, but I didn't get any other vibes from the place. Yeah. So it probably was just, like, a weird dream, like, coincidence dream. Yeah. But I almost went and asked them because I was like, it could happen. I've only had that happen once. Well... Outside of my home, I once in my bed after one of my dogs died, I, I felt like she jumped up in the bed with oh. me. Um, but I was in Tulsa at a convention, and the hotel used to be an old government building. Mm-hmm. It was the alo- the aloft yeah, yeah, yeah. right across from the convention center. And everybody I talked to said, "Oh no, this place is haunted." My phone's ringing for no reason, things like that. I went back to take a nap, and I'm laying there, and I thought. Chris had come in the room and gotten into bed. I didn't hear him come in the room, but I felt the bed kind of sink yeah. down. And I'm like, okay, I hear people talking about this shit all the time, but damn, scared the shit out of me. It is. It was so weird. But besides that, nothing really. I didn't see any big cats. Oh, thank goodness. I was, and with all the driving we were doing, I was keeping my eyes peeled. I have, <laughs> I have no doubt. So things spooky going on here. I should have told you before we started recording, but um, everything electronic that I go near just fucking breaks what or acts weird yeah. or so 
those of you listening, Clayton's been struggling for the last 20 minutes trying to get our microphones to record. Yeah, they just wouldn't recognize. So this this has been my life for two weeks. Whoa. It's terrifying, and I don't know what it is, and any of our medium listeners or sensitive listeners, if you know what's doing it, if you can sense it from the airwaves, let me fucking know so I can fucking fix it. <laughs> I've smudged. I've done everything. I've started meditating again. It's just fucking pain in the ass. If you aren't aware, this is Audio Files, the, the podcast. podcast. <laughs> I'm Clayton Abbott. I'm Kitsy Duncan, and we haven't seen each other for a hot minute. It's been a very long time. <laughs> but I'm very excited to be home in summary. <laughs> I mean, the weather, getting home to the cold and the snow, I was just like, Ugh. This is the only time I'm okay with it snowing, like up to two weeks before Christmas. Sure. Because it's pretty and that's true. It wasn't icy, so Chris was able to clear the driveway. You didn't kill yourself pulling into the house. It was a good snow. Like I cleaned my car off in no time. Like yeah. there was a lot of snow, but it came right off. Yeah, for sure. So it can melt after Christmas and not come back. I'll be right. Fine. And then the sun can come out and it can be like sixty degrees. Yes, I'm totally down for that. <laughs> I do love winter though. I love the cold. I love putting fires in the fireplaces yeah. and all the cozy sweaters and. But yeah, I don't like driving in this shit. Oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, so yeah. So if we're a little off kilter, it's been probably about a month since we recorded last. Yeah, for For those of you that don't know, um, hopefully it didn't seem that way when we posted the last four episodes. I think the last one that aired was our live last live podcast of 2019 yes it was at louisville mm-hmm. and it was it was a good one it was good it was we really were good. so worried that it was going to sound terrible but it actually sounded great again i'm never going to stop saying it patrick mcirish you're a fucking god thank you <laughs> um so yeah i did put something new on the last episode and you know how we're always plugging all of our things that are on the board over there mm-hmm. on the corner says you know give show description oh this this is a creepy podcast <laughs> where we find weird stories on the internet and we uh we tell you guys about them yeah so yeah first time i've looked at the board since we started talking here where we plug amazon we plug the merch all the stuff in the other i i recorded a outro that has yeah. all that stuff on it so you know, if we feel like pushing it, but there's no pressure anymore. Yeah, no, it was good. Except for the show description. Yeah. So, unless I want to record it. <laughs> Anywho and anythings. So, I have some paranormal in the news. Ooh. That kind of affects us both. Um, This story is from bloodydisgusting.com. And Zach Baggins wrote a new book called Ghost Hunting for dummies, which we each have a copy of. We do. Press copies <laughs> because we're fucking awesome. Um, and it was released just in time for Christmas. So I received a package addressed to Kitsy and Clayton in the oddity files. I mean, lots of packages are coming because right. it's yeah. that time of year. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like opening it and, and I open it up and it's from For Dummies, which... My sister and my brother-in-law yes. work for, and they've been telling me about this book and how it's going to happen, and they sent us some copies to kind of, we're going to kind of look over things since this is the first time we've been together yeah. since we got the books, and we'll we'll do, next time we record, we'll kind of go over it. But check it out. It's by the Four Dummies people. Everybody knows what those books are mm-hmm. and where to find them. And um, Zach goes into ghost hunting 
shit. Yeah. So I'm kind of stoked to check it out. Kind of bummed. I mean, it's not Kitsing and Clayton's Guide to Ghost Hunting. Right. But, It'd be you know, a very different goals. book. Yeah, totally <laughs> one. But that's my paranormal in the news. Everybody should like go out it. and buy one and support uh, Wiley, which is the company that does the four dummy books. And I know way too much about it because family. Thanks, S- Kelly and Mike. So when, again, as we were driving all over the UK, I was, all the houses not in London, they all look like the the house from the original Exorcist. Oh, shit. And I was like, that could be the infield house. That could be the infield house. And what I found out is all that used to be government housing. Really? You know, like the very British style, like line of, it's. I mean, technically like townhomes, but just like forever yeah. long Yeah. that you see in a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. Those were government, that was all government housing. Really? That they allowed people to live in like for really cheap. And then in some year, they offered the people who live there to buy them out oh wow which a lot of people did yeah. and they bought them for like thirty thousand pounds back then oh. and now they're like at least two hundred thousand like and that's outside of london oh my god um but i was like oh that's incredible yes yeah. and then i'm wondering how w- one of them can be haunted you know if it's like a line of townhomes why is only yeah. one unit haunted no absolutely because, I mean, ghosts can walk through walls, right? I, yes. I would assume. <laughs> I don't know. We're yeah, still I had all these thoughts. Yeah. That's cool, though. Yeah. That's God, I wish I'd have gotten that bargain. Right? No <laughs> kidding. Well, and so the guy who was driving us around, first off, he's just an incredible individual. He's like this older man who's been driving forever. He used to drive um, tour buses, and he's driven Tina Turner, oh, Dolly Parton. No. Yeah, like... Big, big, big names. Oh, Dolly wow. Parton loved him so much that she, when she did her Australian tour, uh-huh. she had her tour bus shipped to Australia oh, on a boat. It took six weeks to get from London to Australia, then flew him down and he drove her in the bus all over Australia. I love it. I love that Dolly Parton's like all of a sudden just become like this <laughs> huge, like the new Betty White. Right. Well, it's so <laughs> funny because that's just such... Like, in my mind, that's such a Dolly Parton thing. Oh, absolutely. Like, I can't have any tour bus. I have to have my tour bus. I know. So put it on a boat (laughs) and send it to Australia. I can't start my tour for six weeks because that's how long it takes my bus to get there. But apparently it's, like, custom beyond custom. And she doesn't stay in any hotels while she's on tour. She stays Mm. on her bus. I want to be as fancy as Dolly. As Dolly. No kidding. Oh, gosh. Um, But he had all the stories and, like, all the inside stories. Oh, my gosh. And it was just hilarious well we can't talk about them on the podcast I but i want to hear you. all of it <laughs> so i this is our christmas episode so everybody happy holidays whatever holiday it is that you are celebrating um i have so last year i don't even know who goes first but i'm just gonna kind of i don't know what you decided to do for christmas but i'm gonna tell christmas stories again great yeah because i think it's so cool that Christmas ghost stories used to do be a thing of the past, and it was fucking magical. And I kind of want it to be a thing was, again. Yeah, I know. Like Hillary and Hillary Burton and Jeffrey Dean Morgan do their Christmas yeah. ghost stories thing. I wonder if they're doing that again. I'll have to reach out to them. Um, I think it is my turn to go first. So I'm just going to go with it. Okay, yeah, yeah, let's do okay. it. So um, last year I told a cr- 
Christmas ghost story that was from written in the 30s. Right. And I actually ordered a book of Christmas ghost stories on Amazon and I made Ooh. sure it was supposed to be here before we podcast it again. <laughs> it's coming fucking tomorrow. Naturally. So last night in a complete panic. Absolutely a panic. I was searching for Christmas ghost stories. Okay. And they're all really fucking long. They're so long. So long. Because I'm doing one as well. But Are you really? So long. Yeah. And but what's really cool that I discovered when researching all this stuff is that the newspapers back in the day, in the Victorian era, they used to post serial Christmas ghost stories where a new part of the story would come out every week. But that's why they're so fucking long, I think. Oh, it yeah. could be. So there are also a lot of like stories. Yes. Like Christmas stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there were some really great ones that oh, I, absolutely. I was starting to read through. I bought a, a Victorian Christmas ghost story book on my Kindle. And I learned some things about my Kindle yesterday. Like if I hit one button, it goes 10 pages back. Oh. So I thought a story was going to be three pages long. And I'm like, okay, I'll do this one. And then I kept reading. I'm like, why is it still going on? So I'd get halfway through the story and stop. But there's some <laughs> good ones. I'm prepared for next year. Maybe I'll just kind of like do a summation of a <laughs> Victorian Christmas story next year. But anyway, so people are writing in this day and age, they're still writing Christmas yeah. ghost stories, which I think is awesome. And I came across two. Um, the first one I found on AmericanFolklore.net. So I tried to contact S.E. Schlosser, who's the author of okay. this. And I found her Facebook page, and she hasn't updated Whoa. since 2016. Oh. So I hope she's still with us. Yes. Um, I tried to get permission to read the story, but I'm just going to give the links to where I yeah. found it, where you can buy her book and things like that, and just hope for the best. Great. The next author, I got total permission. <laughs> so yay. So this is um, Haunted Christmas, a spooky Wisconsin ghost story retold by S.E. Schlosser. So it's a new story, but it's about the olden days. Cool. And the story goes a little something like this. The soft thud of flowing footsteps echoed behind him as he hurried through the snowflakes toward home. They kept pace with him, quickening when he quickened and slowing when he slowed. It was creepy. His flesh crawled at the sound and he sped up, cursing himself for walking home alone from the midnight Christmas mass. Normally not a pious man, the middle-aged bachelor had suddenly been struck by a wish to hear the old Christmas songs sung once again, by a church choir and had walked across town to attend the service. Now he regretted his choice, and as he passed dark house after dark house in the snowy night and the footsteps ever followed, he sped up until he was nearly running and skidded into the street. A few more paces brought him to the bottom of his front steps, and as he dashed up them, he realized suddenly that the flowing footsteps had ceased abruptly. He glanced behind him at the cross street from which he had just turned and saw only one pair of footprints in the snow-covered street when there should have been two. He frowned in puzzlement and then shuddered as a cold breeze struck him, driving snow against his collar and slammed against the door. It almost seemed to pass through the door, but that was superstitious nonsense. His hand was shaking, and he unlocked the front door and hurried inside. 
He expected darkness, but was delighted to see the yellow glow of firelight coming from his study doorway upstairs. His old housekeeper, whom he thought firmly asleep in her attic bedroom, must have lit the fire pending his return. He shrugged out of his coat and paused for a moment, amazed to find it still warm and dry, though he'd walked for more than a mile through a snowstorm. It was almost as if he'd been walking in a bubble of calm air, though he remembered the soft snowflakes hitting his face when he first stepped out of the church, before the mysterious footsteps began. His shudder was interrupted by a shout of greeting as his old friend Andy came hurrying up out of the study. His whole face lit up in a grin at the unexpected surprise. The two men shook hands heartily and retreated back to the warmth of the firelight. Talking so fast, they stumbled over each other's words. Andy had left town years ago to take a government job in D.C., and they hadn't seen each other since. Nearly an hour passed before it occurred to him that his guest might be hungry. His offer of a meal was instantly accepted, but Andy was unwilling to leave the comfort of the fire to eat in the kitchen, so he jogged downstairs alone to fetch some food. He didn't wonder at his friend's reluctance to join him in the kitchen. Andy had looked very pale and had kept shivering with cold while they talked. He hoped his friend wasn't ailing for anything. A few moments later, he was back with warmed up meat and potatoes and a couple of glasses of beer, apologizing profusely as he handed Andy a plate for the mismatched dinnerware. Uh, that sounds like something yep. I would do. Um, <laughs> Andy just laughed and hunkered down to eat. When they were both finished, he showed his friend to the guest room and then tumbled into his own bed to sleep. All his apprehension caused by mysterious footsteps forgotten in the visit of his friend. He jumped out of bed Christmas morning and dashed immediately downstairs to the guest room to rouse his friend. Andy wasn't there. The bed had not been slept in. He ran down to look in the study, but Andy wasn't there either. And the one plate full of food was still sitting on the end table beside his old friend's chair. It was completely untouched though he'd seen Andy eating from it the night before. Skin creeping at the thought, he ran to the kitchen and asked his housekeeper if she'd seen Andy. But the housekeeper had seen no one either the previous night or this morning. He flopped down on the bottom step of the staircase, completely baffled. Where had Andy gone? It was a mystery that plagued him all Christmas Day, and he did not enjoy his holiday dinner at all, a fact that annoyed his housekeeper. He was awakened the next morning from a restless sleep by the sound of the front doorbell. He stumbled out of bed and was splashing water from the bedside pitcher into his sleepy eyes when a knock came at his bedroom door. When he answered, his housekeeper handed him a telegram that had just arrived. She hurried back downstairs to prepare his breakfast. He opened it curiously, not knowing who would be telegraphing him so urgently. I need a housekeeper. I just need someone to fold my laundry. <laughs> As he read the telegram, he started to tremble. The message was short and to the point. Andy's family regretted to inform him that his old friend Andy had passed away on Christmas Eve in his home in Washington, D.C. He sat down hard on the bed, the telegram fluttering away from his hand. It must have been Andy who had followed him home Christmas Eve. That would explain the eerie footsteps the dry coat in the middle of the snowstorm. 
he'd spent Christmas Eve with a ghost. So that was by S.E. Schlosser, and you can read more of her stuff at in the book called Wisconsin Ghost Stories. Um, no, you can read more Wisconsin Ghost Stories by S.E. Schlosser in Spooky Wisconsin. Ooh. That was a good one. That was a really good one. Yeah. So you have a story as well? Mm-hmm. So do you want to read yours, and then I can read my second one? Oh, no, one so I... I didn't go with like a story. Oh, okay. I found just like another Christmas folklore thing. Okay, this one's really short. Yeah, you're good. Okay. So this is by Danny B. Stewart, and it's called A Christmas Ghost Story. It was late December in in the year of our Lord, 1986, and the little boy had lived on the old farm, was outside walking around in the snow. It was a little past 1 a.m., His family was fragmented and dysfunctional, same, so most of his days were spent alone. This night was particularly melancholy, for earlier in the day, he found out his dog, Squash, had been hit by a car. Poor Squash. You know, the irony irony had not escaped (laughs) the little boy. It had been snowing all day and the wind was blowing hard. As the little boy pushed his way against the storm, making his way to the horse stables to take food and an extra blanket out to the mother of a fresh litter of kittens. After seeing to their feline needs, he tripped and fell, hurting his hand. It hurt really bad, and he sat against the stable, nursing the pain, while the snowstorm rushed and pounded around him. But then, silence. Everything was still. No wind, no snow just a snow-lighted landscape, and music? There was an old 1950s radio that sat on the ledge directly above him. His dad would listen to music on it as he tended to the horses, but his dad was nowhere near. The radio turned on by itself and began playing bizarre, a, a bizarre rendition of Joseph Moore's Silent Night. The little boy got up, turned the radio off, and sat back down in the snow. He was crying now feeling lonely and hurt. He missed his mom, and then the radio turned on again. Silent Night was playing again. Instead of turning it off this time, he just listened, and there was something else. The music came with what he can only describe as a warm, hugging sensation, a sensation that surrounded his entire person. There he sat, embraced by some unexplainable entity that seemed to care about him. The little boy sat there for an undetermined amount of time, eventually falling asleep and waking the next morning still warm. That little boy is a man now, and for these many years, he has searched and searched for that particular version of Silent Night he had heard all those years ago. He's not found it yet. Perhaps it doesn't exist. Maybe it was a gift for only him, a gift from one of the spirits of Christmas kind of cool it is very cool so that's by danny b stewart um he was recently on episode 27 of paranormal utah and he'll be appearing this sunday december 22nd 2019 at the even scarier ghost stories and further tales of the glories at the outdoor stage at the gateway in salt lake city utah from six to seven you can also find him on facebook at the original Provo, Utah ghost tour with Danny B. Stewart. Ooh. So cool. That is cool. So when I was 
today is the 20th of December, yes. 2019. And it's also the Star Wars premiere. The final yes. original saga Star Wars premiere, if you will. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to do a Star Wars story. I'm going to dig until I can't dig any longer. Okay. And find something related to us and Star Wars. <clears throat> Got it. It doesn't exist. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I literally spent... Because I had a really long layover. And so that's what I did most of the time. I was just like, surely, even if it's like a little drip of a crossover, yeah, just, just I'm using a it. Scotch. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's nothing. However, there is something called the Star Wars curse that has nothing to do with like a real curse. Like it, when I explain it really quick. So there's just this quote unquote Star Wars curse that the Star Wars franchise will kill your career. Oh, as an actor shit. and well. like if you go back and look at it like mark hamill carrie fisher mark hamill's just come like, around again here like within the last decade yeah but he mainly did like voice acting stuff yeah um billy d williams like all these people that were huge just died out um the kid who played anakin didn't do anything he didn't do anything because he, the amount of bullying he got in school really he was like crazy bullied in school um, and so that's why he actually retired from, from acting. Oh, wow. I've met him. Oh, really? I One of my favorite Christmas... Jingle all the way. Yeah, jingle all the yes. way, dude. I love it <laughs> so much. And now I've met both Jake and Arnold, so uh, it's kind of amazing. Yeah. And then the guy who did the body and the voice of Jar Jar Binks, he retired from acting after like multiple death threats. Well, I mean, I get it. Because people hated the, the <laughs> I characters. hate Jar Jar. Right. Yeah. But still. But like, I'm not going to threaten to kill him. he actually like, had to go to rehab for like suicide and all this stuff because oh, it was like affecting him so much. But there are just like all these things. Mark Hamill, right after he got cast, he was in a car accident and had to have like facial surgery to reconstruct his I'd face. i that, yeah. Um, so like there are all these just like serious. And then there's of, fucking Harrison Ford. Right. There are all these series <laughs> of unfortunate events, but they're saying that like the new saga has ended the curse because like Daisy Ridley's been working a lot. Yeah. Adam Driver's working yes. a lot. Um Bodega. What's his first name? John Bodega. John Bodega. Bodega. Yeah. Finn, right? Finn. Yeah. He's working. Poe's work. So like they're saying that it's it's gone. But that's not as much of a curse as it is like any franchise film. It's like saying that Harry Potter's curse as well. It's like no casting directors just know that if I cast Daniel Radcliffe People are just going to see Harry Potter. Just going to see Harry Potter. Yeah. Like now, can I just say from the new Solo movie, if that the kid who played Han Solo, if he doesn't do anything else, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Everybody else can go on to do wonderful things. Right. Um, but yeah, I was like, I don't know how much it is a curse, and just when you have such a big franchise like that. Well, actually, we work with someone who was offered a role in the that was at the time Force Awakens. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. And they turned it down because they said they don't want their name to be like be stamped with yeah. Star Wars. So it's not as much a curse as it is just like really successful franchises. Yeah. <laughs> but around Christmas and New Year's Eve, Welsh families might find themselves challenged by a decorated horse skull waiting for them on their doorstep. Oh, that sounds amazing. Adorned in colorful ribbons and bells, the horse-like image of death has an especially ghostly appearance thanks to the white sheet draped over the person carrying it. What? As, yeah. As revelers sing and parade this head on a stick around the neighborhood, doors open to meet the morbid white horse in battle, specifically a battle of wits through poetry. 
this is Mary Lewid. It's like a wrap-off. It's literally. <laughs> this is Mary Lewid, a midwinter pagan tradition whereby celebrants earn food and drink only after dominating a poetry slam fronted by a skeletal face. God, I wish I was smart enough to to participate in a poetry slam. Despite often being associated with Christmas, Mary Lewid is a pre-Christian practice. In fact, some Welsh Welsh regions choose to parade horse skulls through town on other holidays as well, like Halloween or a Welsh holiday called May Day. Oh, I've heard of May Day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's huge over in Europe. Though the tradition's exact origin, origins are kind of, no one really knows because it's so old. The image of the the white horse has been a powerful symbol in the UK, especially for at least 3,000 years. That's so long. Yeah. Um, the practice also incorporates the centuries-old tradition of wassailing from Middle English washail, which means be in health. Wassail was originally a sugared and spiced drink of mulled ale, curdled cream, roasted apples, and eggs. Those who partook in sharing a huge bowl of this boozy mixture were wassailing. The term evo- wassailing. Here we go. A wassailing. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Sorry. <laughs> the term evolved to describe a custom of begging for booze around Christmas, a oh, time like when that. poor merrymakers expected generosities that would usually be denied. They arrive at a doorstep of the wealthier neighbors and ask for a drink from the wassailing bowl or have their own bowl build. Modern Welsh wassailing isn't class-based, though, but the end goal remains the same. They earn an invitation to come and, and by providing themselves through the back-and-forth rhyming battle with its residents, that's how, like... So, imagine someone comes to your door. Mm-hmm. Almost like... So, they come to your door with this horse head on a stick with a with ribbons and... Covered you know, in ribbons and bows and very festive. And that's when the person opens the door and knows I'm now in a poetry battle. And the idea is if the horse head on a stick wins, they get to come in and eat and drink with you. That's really cool. Yes. It's just hilarious though. And (laughs) I'm I'm picturing the epic rack battles all over YouTube of like Abraham Lincoln and a horse head. Right. Well, it's just, and it's like as creepy as it is like, Oh, so, okay, I'm tracking now. So it's like, they're like the ghost horse. I was picturing just like a skull showing up and somebody having it on a stick. Well, it's literally a skull on a stick, but it then is. like a sheet draped over. Yeah, but to make it look like a ghost horse. Yeah, I mean, essentially. It all makes sense now. But I was picturing it way lamer than it actually is. It was funny because on one of the articles that I was reading about it, it was like, don't feel like if you want to do this. You don't have to use a real horse skull. You can make one from paper mache. I want a real horse <laughs> it's skull. Like, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for, for that. Seems really hard, though. But I yeah, think. so I'm just imagining 3,000 years ago, these people actually like needing food or something during the winter, showing up with this. And it's an epic rap battle. <laughs> but of like Shakespeare-esque English. You yes, know what I mean? It sounds so hard. <laughs> and you know people are like, do we just not answer the door? Like, <laughs> I know. It's like just everybody hide behind right. the furniture, <laughs> blow out the candles quickly, turn off the phonograph. I don't even know what they would have back then. But I was like, that's really interesting. That is real. I had no idea. Yeah, I love that. There's so, so many stories about 
Christmas past, whatever yeah. you want to call it. But it's it's so interesting to learn so much more. I almost did a story on just Krampus because you hear yeah. about Krampus all oh, the yeah. time, but I don't know the you know legit ins and outs of it. Right, it's true. That was awesome. I love it. We uh, do you want to read a, a listener story? Yeah, I don't have anything well. Christmassy. Um, I'm just gonna take the one off the top. We might even have time for two. Yeah, whatever. We'll make it their Christmas gift. <laughs> I'm going to leave you this one because the title is amazing. Okay. So if you have a story and you'd like to send it into us for us to read on air, you can send it to oddityfilescrew at Gmail. We also have, God, we haven't recorded since I, I added our Oddity Files hotline. True. <laughs> which is... Erie code 317-300-6699. Um, feel free to call us and do whatever you want. I totally chose that phone number because it was naughty. And yeah. So I have a story from Doug Sadler. And I assume I can use his name because the title of it is Doug Sadler and his friend's demon. I like it. And his story goes a little something like this. Well, a married couple that I was close to had bought a home in the country in Mount Vernon, Illinois. It's Illinois. I fucking know that. I added the S. <laughs> I was born in Illinois, grew up outside Chicago in Mount Vernon, Illinois. It's located next to an area that is state-owned and maintain- maintained nature reserve named Devil's Prop. Oh, I want to go to there. The first experience I had was the day we helped him move in. The power had not been turned on yet, and myself and three friends, plus two of the daughters of the couple, also friends, were there. As it got dark, we all decided we would pull out the mattresses and all stay the night there. Nothing strange happened until I had to use the restroom, which was located at the end of the hallway there. I walked down there, with a lit lighter and started to do a number one. (laughs) No, he didn't. He started to do a number one. I like it. I began to get the total feeling that someone was there with me, like someone was in my personal space. I tried to flick the lighter when something softly growled in my right ear. Nope. I was completely frozen. Hair standing up, I walked backwards down the hall, fully expecting someone to attack me. As I reached my friends with relief, I didn't say a word about it. Just decided not to. Ten minutes later, my friend Brian went to use the bathroom. I wonder if he did a number one or a number two. (laughs) Um, He came out white as a sheet and said, bro, (laughs) there's something in that bathroom. I agreed and told him what I had heard. So we decided to leave. When the couple moved in, things began to happen immediately. The wife, Sandy, worked as a nurse and the hubby, Dean, was retired. One day, she came home to find Dean sitting on the porch, locked out of the house. He went to get the mail and came back to a locked door. This happened all the time. Sounds like my life. Um, <laughs> he mentioned he should put a brick. No, I mentioned he should put a brick between the door and the frame. Super smart. He did, and this worked fine until one day he bent over to set the brick down, and this thing pushed him so hard, he fell down to the porch, cutting his forehead, nose, and chin on the concrete. 
Um, that's not a good spirit. No. Just going to put that out there. Um, they tried to ignore things, but it all came to a head one night. I was there watching TV with them. Suddenly, their cat jumped off the couch and ran down the hallway under their bed. It was weird. They had two candles lit on top of their wood-burning stove, which was not lit. One candle flame began to flicker. Enough to notice... Enough for us to notice it was flickering. Then the flame went from two inches tall to about 15 inches tall in about three seconds. That's terrifying. That's absolutely terrifying. Then the glass candle holder exploded like a firecracker. Nope. It scared me so bad. I bolted out of the house so fast I fell out the front door. They both went to a hotel, came back, and nothing really happened for a month. Then Sandy came home after work to find Dean dead on the couch. <gasps> what? The fuck? Um, natural causes was... Okay. Yeah. Nothing has happened there since he died. A medium told Sandy that Dean has stayed there to protect Sandy from oh. the evil bastard that was tormenting everyone. He finishes off with true story. I will swear on a Bible. Dean, Sandy. It's not where I was expecting it to go. No, (laughs) not at all. Doug, that was an amazing story. Dean, rest in peace and keep protecting your family because, wow, I want to know what that spirit was. So I think we have time for one more listener story if you're down. Yeah, absolutely. I have one here from Corey. says, hello again, Kitsy Clayton and DJ Jimmy Wah Wah. This has been apparently the summer for me to see some damn UFOs. As I noted in the fan group, I had seen one in early July, so here's the story with that one, and one that came later. In early July, I was on a road to work, talking to my mom on the phone when I noticed this little gray-white box, or tic-tac-looking thing in the sky, and it's just casually going from right to left across the sky. I tracked it as I drove, but would eventually lose it when traffic got a little heavier. I did report it on site that Kitsy on the site that Kitsy recommended to me. Second one popped up in the beginning of September. I was heading to work at some crazy early hour of the morning doing a second listen of another paranormal podcast. Sorry guys. <laughs> and they were talking about aliens, UFOs and shit and how to telepathically get a UFO to appear. What? Well, they got the part about calling in the UFOs with their guests and I suddenly noticed a dancing light in the distance. This Dancing light stayed in my view for the next 10 miles as it went in and out of the clouds behind, above, and around them. And then suddenly it appeared. Poof. And then it was gone. I do live in close proximity to a few military bases. So maybe those two are from there or maybe they were aliens. Not sure, but nevertheless, they were cool experiences. Thanks for taking on this small novel. I will write again soon. And once again, amazing podcast. Thank you guys for providing us a platform to share our weird stuff. Yay. We haven't had a UFO story in a hot minute. I know. Well, that'll do it for our Christmas episode. Um, I did want to mention something real quickly. I'm, I think I'm going to start another podcast. I know you and I have, have talked about it, and I've got we've got some time on our hands. I do. I know yeah. you're going to be super busy going back and forth to see Jimmy and yeah, and all the stuff, wah wah, all the stuff and all <laughs> the things. Um, but I know so many independent horror story writers and 
I love to tell stories, mm-hmm. and um, I've actually contacted DJ Jimmy Womp Womp about how to start another podcast, and we've got some a bunch of stories that have already come in. So I think we're gonna make it, you know, like sponsored by Oddity Files, yeah. the podcast, and. And yeah, so early 2020, we've got some uh, Twitter and Instagram. It's called Get Scared underscore pod on both of those or on Facebook. It's just Get Scared podcast. But yeah, if you if you want to write stories like these that That's are perfect. that are fiction, even or yeah. if you want us to read your stories on that as well, just let us know that email address is Get Scared pod at Gmail dot com. But guys, this has been the year's almost over. It's We've made it through a year. Almost over. We're over 50 episodes. Holy shit. 2019 mm-hmm. has been insane. It really has and absolutely flown by. But as we say every week, thank you guys so much for always listening and sharing and commenting and posting and everything that you do. Because if it wasn't for that, we would not be anywhere as popular as we are no not at all you guys are the fucking best you really are the best we have a stack of listener stories so be on the lookout in the upcoming weeks for a a new episode i think it's probably time that we for sure do another one so but if you guys do have other stories that fit this podcast audio defiles crew at gmail.com if you've seen ufos or yetis or Whatever it may be, send it in. We want to know all about it. All about it. And even if you guys have, um, we've been getting some emails of people saying, hey, have you looked into this story yeah, to tell as I'm well? I'm all for that as well. And in the Facebook group, they're doing the same. But you guys, like you said, are amazing. Um, and we we can't even express how much we appreciate you and you guys just getting the word out. Our listens are growing every week, and I'm always screen grabbing, you know, our our stats and sending them to Clayton, going, "Holy shit, can you believe this yeah. many people are listening?" And we couldn't do it without you guys. So, always remember that weird is the new cool, and ghost on. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oddity Files is an independent production. Intro music created by DJ Jimmy. Wah wah. The opinions expressed on this show are ours and ours alone. Our logo was created by me. If you like the show and would like to support us, you can watch Oddity Files on Amazon Prime. You can buy merch at oddityfiles.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Oddity Files or on Facebook at facebook.com slash oddityfiles. You can even join our weird little Facebook group called Oddity Files Fan Group. It's a closed group, so you'll need approval, but we do approve everyone. Most importantly, you can help us spread the word. Tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell your boyfriend, tell your ex-boyfriend, tell your grandma, tell everybody, share and retweet. Just help us get the word out. We appreciate each and every one of you and couldn't do this without you. If you have a story you wanna know more about, or a personal story you'd like to hear us read during an episode, email us at oddityfilescrew at gmail. If you have a corrections corner, go ahead and give us a call. It's 317-300-6699. If you have a venue you'd like us to do a live podcast at, reach out at oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Also, take a couple minutes rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on all the major podcast apps. It also helps us get out there and in front of the public eyes. 
And remember kids, weird is the new cool.